welcome to At the Root with Greg Kuiper. Greg is a practicing psychotherapist, holistic life coach, recovering addict, and alcoholic who firmly believes that at the root of everything is emotional connection. And without that connection to self, we can't have real connection with others. Hello, That's Greg. Right. Right? Happy Monday. Happy Monday to you. It was uh, sunny earlier, but alas, alack. Yeah, there we go. Right? Any minute we can expect sun, hail, rain, yes, and something else. Um, Wind. Perfect. So <laughs> I am Stacy, Greg's producer, and as I'm thinking about it, your worst paying client, essentially. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, that's fine. <laughs> I'm good with it. It's okay. Okay, good. <laughs> So I, I do a little pro bono. Okay. Well, and you know, I, I need it. <laughs> um, so last week was sort of a roller coaster. Um, we set up a whole topic about kids and, and connection and creating that connection. And we explored some of the ages and stages that kids go through and how parenting right. might look um, during those times. Um, at, at which point, some of my thoughts that I had while you were talking about this was, Oops, my bad. <laughs> so um, that said, we did end on a good note, which was you reassured us, me, we, that it's not too late. It's not too late. So I want to talk about that because okay. I am asking on behalf of everyone who has been in this unpaid, often thankless, mostly thankless, exhausting role called parent Right. You know, the one that creates angst and self-doubt and all of that. Are you sure it's not too late? It's not too late. You know, I often see this with people I talk to about this, too, Stacey. I can, when, I, when I start talking about this, I can see in their face that moment of, <laughs> oh, my God, what have I done? <laughs> yes. I, I think you saw it last week. <laughs> yeah, I did. But it, it's okay. There's plenty we can do. Um, we're not gonna. We're not gonna change all of this disconnect overnight. No. We're not gonna. It's not gonna be better all of a sudden. But it can. We can start the repair process. And just it starts with. Uh, starts with vulnerability. I think. Right. I mean. Yes. Being vulnerable. I think in a big way. I mean. Being a parent is the epitome of being vulnerable. And yet, in some ways, we think that we have to, to know everything. Mm. And one of the best lessons that I learned from my parents is that they're human. Right. And that that means I'm human, too. And, you know, but I, I think you end up being really, you know, you're not vulnerable where you need to be. But in the dark, under the bed, in the closet where the monsters are, right. <laughs> that's where you're vulnerable. And sadly, though, I think with the kids, you're not necessarily as vulnerable. Well, yeah, and that's what we need for the connection to happen with anyone, <laughs> especially with kids. Well, with anyone, is that vulnerability, being able to um, uh, tell them, you know, honey, <laughs> I'm sorry, but I messed up. And um, I want to talk to you about it, mm -hmm. right? How often do we tell a, a kid that or an adolescent that? I mean, we, we, we try to cover it up or um, move on. Mm -hmm. um, deflect, deflect. Deflect. I mean, we just do. And that's where the connection starts is when 
you can sit down and go, ooh, I blew it. Mm-hmm. Honey, I'm really sorry. Um, and let's talk about this. Let's, let's, let's fix it so that I don't do it again. And, you know, maybe in the future, let's talk about this and you remind me if you think I'm doing it again, right? So here's this intimate conversation and this, once again, we go back to this, the reciprocal exchange mm-hmm. of sensitivities and awareness, right? When the two are doing that. And it, it doesn't matter if the child is seven or the child is 18. Um, I guess our approach would be a little different, but, you know. Well, that was one of my questions, is that, you know, I don't want to go through all the ages and stages again. I mean, right. newborn, it's awfully easy to have that reciprocal exchange, as mm-hmm. you talk about. Um, you know, that, yes, there, there are certainly times when, you know, I remember bouncing a baby on my hip, like, go to sleep, go to sleep, <laughs> I'm going to throw you out the window. <laughs> But at least I did it in like a sing-songy sweet voice. <laughs> okay. All right. So we need, we need to talk. Okay. I know we do. <laughs> um, but the point being that you know, going through all the ages and stages, but it's good to know that it's a a similar approach in terms of admitting, acknowledging, um, listening, um, being more present. You know, really. I mean, I find since we've been. I've been asking you all these questions that, you know, we still have one child at home, Charlie, he's 18. And so he's in this sweet spot that we've been talking a lot about. And your advice has been really helpful for me to, when he wants to show me something, I have to remember like, oh, wait, he actually wants to interact with me. So I need to, if it's at all possible, put down what I'm doing and prioritize and look at what he's trying to show me. That's it, and it's so hard these days with both parents working and many times both of them working 50, 60 hours a week, and there's more than one child. I mean, it's extremely difficult, but it is so important to just take that, maybe it's just 15 minutes, maybe it's 10, maybe it's 30, whatever, every day with each child. Mm -hmm. Split it up, whatever, take turns. However you do it, but just to sit down and connect. And, you know, so many times when we sit down to do this, we're in a hurry. We've got three texts to answer. Or we're on the phone while we're trying to listen to them, Mm -hmm. which is just, I mean, they know this. They're watching this. And how can we connect on an emotional level um, At a sensitive level, how can we connect when we're just there for 15 minutes to hear what they did today and, okay, I did my, I did my duty. Mm-hmm. I was with my child for 15 minutes today. And uh, now he's got to go do homework and blah, blah, blah. But if that 15 minutes would have been a deep, vulnerable situation. There we go, vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Sharing vulnerabilities. Mm-hmm. Right? And... If the, if the child learns that early enough on, then later in life, it becomes much easier to establish these emotional connections, be vulnerable. Vulnerability is the key. And many times we don't want to do that. We, we don't do it at work because that shows weakness. Sure. You know, many times it does. Sure. And uh, so we're not used to it or we... Uh, 
got stepped on mm-hmm. a ways back, mm-hmm. maybe more than once. I'm not going to be vulnerable again. Look right. what happened to me. Right. You know, and be, if we can establish these vulnerable, intimate conversations with our kids, we start helping them build resilience, right? Mm-hmm. And the ability to bounce back from from difficult situations. And I see that a lot right now with uh, adolescents that I, that I work with is re- in many, the resilience is non-existent almost. Mm-hmm. And so they are um, holed up in their rooms. I mean, something happened and they just, they can't bounce back from situations that are troubling so they don't get in situations that are troubling and that's just isolation, right? Mm-hmm. I don't know. No, it's, it's so, it's such a great point and... You know, Charlie, sorry, Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charlie. Um, you know, when one thing that we do is, you know, we at dinner, we have always come together as a family. And even though it has now led to us eating dinner very late, because for years the kids would have activities or Pete got home late from work or whatever, but we sit down and we hold hands and say grace. And mm-hmm. then we talk about our days. And the kids, each approach that when we were all six of us in a different way. Some would go class by class. Some would do kind of roses and thorns. Each one, their mm-hmm. personality shining through. And we still do that with Charlie and hearing about what's going on with his day. And I love doing that. And we are consistent about it. Even when their friends are there, we do the same thing. So the number of children that we have subjected to saying grace and talking about their highs <laughs> and lows, but they, you can see that at first it's foreign to them, but then they really like the fact that somebody has asked a question that is not a yes or no question. Right. And if we can, if we can take that another step deeper, right, and typically it's one-on-one with a child, but, but so that we are hearing their feelings or they're sharing their feelings. Um, someone gets bullied or teased at school mm-hmm. and they come home and they talk to you about it or talk to the mother about it. Mm-hmm. And so what does the mother do at this point? This is so key. <clears throat> Excuse me. This is so key. Um, is it a, a stroke the hand and go, Oh honey, it'll get better. Don't worry about it. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, just don't pay any attention to them. And I mean, it's kind of a brush off. Right. And or if you can sit there and feel their tears with them for just a few minutes. That's that connection that they're going to know they can do that with you every time. And so here's a, your adolescent 16-year-old girl that is able to do that with you. And that's unusual. Mm-hmm. So if we don't establish that at an early age, then we can say all we want later on, oh, you know you can talk to me, honey. You know you can talk to me at any time. And in their mind, it's like, "Uh uh-uh. Right. No, I don't. No, I don't. You're just going to tell me to forget about it. Personal example here. So growing up, a wonderful mother um, taught me 
a lot, very Christian. And I can tell you that I heard turn the other cheek probably a million times mm-hmm. while I was growing up. Maybe maybe no, not I'm, maybe not that many, but I'm, probably probably, uh, probably <laughs> along that with many. brush your teeth and did you wash your hands? Yeah, but turn the other cheek. So I was bullied a lot. And uh, I would come home and turn the other cheek and, you know, read some scripture to me about that and or recite some verses. And so I spent all those years in middle school and high school turning the other cheek, turning the other cheek, never fighting back. Um, and I think that's like an extreme, right? Sure. Yep. That was the reason I'm using this example is that's, that's not the way to do it, right? right. Because it, 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 beautiful and as wonderful as she was, that's affected me for a long time because I didn't know anything about setting boundaries. Right. There was no, no boundary. Practical. Okay. So now I'll share an example. Okay. And you can tell me how I did <laughs> <laughs> if I want to know. Annie was in seventh or eighth grade. Uh-huh. And she was taking a cooking class. I think she was in seventh. And there was an eighth grade boy in the class that liked to give her a hard time. And one day he said something to her along the lines of, move, otherwise I'm going to use your imagination. And so she came home from school and she shared this with me. And I tamped down on my need to say a lot of things. And I had a moment of clarity and I said, so what did you do? And she said, well, I just got out of his way. (laughs) (laughs) And I said, you know, after that, do you feel threatened? You know, is, are you upset about this? And she said, no, he's a dumb eighth grade boy. And I said, okay. And let it go. And, then followed up at a later time to talk about, you know, if you feel threatened, that you can talk to me, you can talk to teachers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But not in that moment because it seemed like then it was going to turn into a lecture and then she would maybe not come back to me. That's what happens all the time. We fix it right away. I mean, before they can even finish the story many times, it's like, what? I'm going to call the principal. I'm going to get in touch with that that person's parents, you know, you can't do this, whatever. And in your case, all and 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 in reality, what's so needed in that moment is, so, what did you do? How did you feel? Those kind of questions, right there. Excuse me, but how did you feel? Because and and what did you do? And and then followed up with, so do you think did it work? What do you think? Right. You and know, they ended up becoming. Um, dare I say it, you know, friendly, and it was a weird test. Now, in light of the whole Me Too movement, I where I definitely think I failed is that I, you know, maybe made a comment about how, you know, boys are dumb and that kind of thing. And, <laughs> you know, growing up in the environment where you put up with this nonsense versus it's not okay right. and stand up for yourself. Um, so, you know, that's for another show. Mm. But I was, I was very aware that this is my oldest child in a moment where I can brush it off or I can immediately take it to, you know, I'm calling the principal, as you said. And so that's an example. This is what you're talking about. That whole 
you know, don't react in a brush it off or a I fix it. Don't right. try to fix it. You can't fix it. Now, maybe later in certain instances, maybe it is very important or proper to contact a principal or the other right, person's right. parents or whatever, but that doesn't have to be in that moment with your child. That's the moment that you need to feel what she or he is feeling and let them feel it and ask them questions. It's so important to start building a sense of autonomy in children when they're young. And you got to be careful, right? I mean, because, you know, but, but by the time they get to be middle schoolers and, and, and teens, when that autonomy is so much a part of their brain development, I mean, here it comes. They, all of a sudden they realize that they have an opinion. And <laughs> they're as uh, shocked as we are. <laughs> yeah. And, and all these years I've been listening to my parents' opinion, but now I have one. And, and if we can let them experiment and share with them what it's like to have a little bit of autonomy early mm-hmm. in life, I mean, you got to, sure, can't I mean, let them run, run wild, right? right but, but, but let them have that. Then by the time they get to be teens and middle schoolers, they are not so blindsided. And the the line in the sand isn't so tempting to cross. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. So um so I want to go back to the the we say as parents, you know you can talk with me. Mm-hmm. And circle back with the it's not too late. So right. if how how do you deal with that? Let's say, um, you know, Charlie doesn't want to talk to me. I'm using poor Charlie, but um, Charlie's here. <laughs> so what do I do if I'm a parent of a tween or teenager and I've been telling them all along, right. you know, I'm here if you need me. You know that, right? Then the assumption is that maybe they know it, but likely they really don't feel it deep down. So then what do we do? Well, and they likely don't feel it deep down because for all these early years, you've been telling them what to do and fixing things before they, before you're able to connect with them on an emotional level. Mm -hmm. We tend to do that, right? And we're busy. We got to get this out of our hair. She'll be fine. You know, I'll talk to the other person's parents. Don't worry about it. Move on. Whatever. Right. I went through this too. Yeah. Right. Right. Oh, that's, that's, yeah. Classic one. <laughs> Classic one. But so what do you do? I, I mean, let me ask you a question. Would you say something to, now that you have this realization, would you say something to the child like, you know, for all these years I've really been messing up and I want a fresh start. I want us to start over and all this. I don't think so, right? I will say that I did do this. You have talked, and I don't want to get too into it, this episode because it's worth a whole sure. a whole show. You've talked about this idea of bids for connection uh-huh. and recognizing them and knowing what they are. And when I learned that from you, I will say that I did share that at the dinner table. And mm. I said, I learned something new today about relationships and especially parenting. And I'm fascinated by this and I'm excited to to figure it out. And so I did share that. But of course, I didn't say I've been messing up. No, no. Well, that's not going to do any good, right? Right. 
in their mind is coming, yeah, you know, <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> right. But, but I think what we want to do to change it is just change it. Just start listening. They're going to pick up on this, right? Mm-hmm. Just start listening from a vulnerable standpoint. And, and give them the reassurance that you are there. But it can be so much more real mm-hmm. with that connection, that vulnerability. Did I say that right? I think well, so. you did. Well, you did. Because what I heard is, and I'll put it in practical terms, um, Charlie comes up to me and wants to show me something. And uh, clearly I can, I'm an adult, I can read his countenance. I can figure mm-hmm. out what's maybe going on. And he hears me say, can I call you back? And not, you know, blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah, 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 blah. But just, can I call you back? something's come up that's pretty important and he hears me saying that and prioritizing him or that I put down my phone to pay attention to what he wants to show me on his phone or, you know, whatever it is. So I think that's what you just said. Like, yeah, I think, yes. And, and I'm sitting here thinking about all, all of the families I work with that in many cases where it's, it's, it's volatile. Mm-hmm. Teenage, girl or boy, whatever, it doesn't matter. And mom and dad, and there, there is, it is impossible to communicate. Mm-hmm. And so, yes, it. We talk about fixing it, but how do you fix that one? And that's well. And with something like that, I wonder: is there, is there one person that's making it the most volatile? Is it you know? Can you write notes that you know? You are writing how you feel and you share it or, you know, things like that that can help so that it's not necessarily said out loud. Um, Because I imagine I'm trying to think of how that would work with, you know, is it the parents against the kid? Is it the mom and the kid against the dad? You know, there's so many different variations of that. Well, and it it typically goes to authority, right? I mean, in in many of these instances, the the authoritarian type of attitude that has been fostered in the family. And I'm trying not to say that negatively, but if a parent or parents are always right, Mm -hmm. you will always do it this way. Uh, I know the best for you. Uh, uh, I don't want things to happen to you like happened to me. All of these comments and thoughts over all those years, Mm -hmm. by the time the, the teen by the time the child is in those teen years and they are experiencing their own autonomy and their own feeling of justice. Mm-hmm. And social justice is huge at that time. Uh, it's just when that happens in the brain, right? It's when that starts, that development of the brain gets to that point. And if you've been faced with all that for so long, it's just going to get worse. Right. You have no permission to be an authority on your own feelings in life. Right. And so at that point, yeah, it is, this is a tough one to, to go to fix, I guess, if you want to say. We don't want to fix it, but to make different, you know. Um, we're going to have to talk about that one. 
we are going to have to talk about that one. We're running out of time now. but you Well, know, I, I keep making notes because there's, I mean, right. I've got so many notes on different things <laughs> that we can talk about. Uh, and so those obviously are some extreme cases that you're working with. But for right. folks that are listening that, you know, they're just dealing with, I don't mean just because, man, it, there's nothing just about it. Yeah, um, <laughs> but dealing with these kinds of things. Right. The takeaway is that. The takeaway is just listen. Take the time, sit down and listen. And at first, this teen probably isn't going to share much with you because they're on they they're on guard and they've been on guard oh. for a long time. Right. What do you want? There's. I don't talk to mom <laughs> about this because I know she's going to try to fix it and she, you know, blah blah blah. And so it's just going to take time in. In establishing that vulnerability and getting the teen to be vulnerable also. That's the, yeah. The irony of all of that is that in this scenario, and we're painting with a wide brush, but mm-hmm. what do women hate most? When oh my their God, don't husband, ask me that Well, question. I know, this I is like no such idea. a loaded question. But when, <laughs> when their significant other especially if they're male, tries to fix things for them when oh, they God. just want to be heard. So isn't it interesting that we can't do the same and recognize that in our children? Very good point. And that, you know, that's a subject for how many weekly sessions? Right. I don't know. But right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. That, that's just programming that's happened to generally the males of our species. I, mm, well, yeah. I hate that stereotyping, but. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think, unfortunately, we are out of town. Uh, out of town. We're not out of town. We're out of time. Out of time. I do want to encourage people besides me to ask for your help. So we're going to start um, for people that have questions taking callers. And so we'll share the numbers so that people besides me can ask questions about this or any topic. And in the meantime, if you want to connect with Greg, you can find him at KuiperCounseling.com. You can also right. find him on Facebook and on Instagram. Um, you share all kinds of blog posts. You have a webinar. You've got a lot of uh, resources that people can take advantage of. And this weekly show is recorded every week, and there's a podcast. You can find that on the website also if you'd like to share it with others. Awesome. Final, final message? It's all about awareness, folks. Just stay aware out there as much as you can. Love that. Thanks, Greg. See you later. 